What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have another Coach Client Confidential with my coach, Joe Stanek. This is a common thing on Two White Lights. After a meet, me and Joe Stanek sit down and discuss the meat prep itself, the meat, and what we are doing for the future. And informational episode and a very valuable episode for everyone wondering how Joe coaches me, and also really how a good coach interacts with their athlete. So this is a common thing that happens in powerlifting, and we're just recording it for a podcast. So again, really interesting stuff. And also, this was a uh, big meet for us, uh, USAPL Raw Nationals. Really, for a USAPL lifter, it doesn't get much bigger than that. So we discussed my experiences at Raw Nationals as well, his experience at coaching me, the game day coaching as well. Really valuable stuff there. Also, he breaks some news on game day barbell coaching. As you guys know, he is starting his own gym down in Austin, Texas. He's bringing on his own coaches, his own athletes as well. And he has put on the roster some really great athletes. And to add to a already stacked roster, he's bringing on some athletes. So I, for one, am very excited for that. I know a lot of people listening are very excited as well because it is some awesome developments that's going on with Joe. And towards the end of the episode, that's what we talk about. So from start to finish, great episode, very valuable. But before we get into that, got to talk to you guys about Leffler Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to LeffleurBros.com, check out their Instagram page, and check out the Leffler Bros family and watch it grow because it is growing exponentially and is growing because they are releasing some of the best powerlifting merchandise out on the market right now. Every single t-shirt, every single dad hat, even the socks now are fantastic. They just released these amazing socks that look beautiful, multicolored, have a little cotton candy feel to them. Looks fantastic, got a ton of compliments at Surge on them, and that's what's going to happen if you buy Left Flag Bros merchandise. You're going to get compliments in the gym, you're going to get compliments outside the gym, and on the platform as well, because they are a triple threat. So make sure you are following them on Instagram. Check out their merchandise on leftlifebros.com and use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money. Also, another great thing about leftlifebros.com, you can get Two White Lights merchandise exclusively on that website. So use that promo code 2WL15 on Left Flag Bros merchandise and Two White Lights merchandise. We got a lot of stuff from Two White Lights. Multiple designs on the tees. We got a dad hat as well. Make sure you are using that promo code 2WL15, the best powerlifting discount code in the game. Also, go to Rivalist.net and get yourself some Rival Nutrition. Logo change, name change, but they still have informed choice supplements. Informed choice supplements are important because you USAPL listeners do not want to break a drug test. They have no banned substances in their pre-workout protein powder, branch chain amino acids. You will be good if you get some Rival Nutrition. Also, use that promo code ANGELO20. That's a change as well. It used to be ANGELO15. Now it's ANGELO20. Save yourself a lot of money when you go to Rivalist.net. Also, make sure you are on Lift.net visiting that website to get Stoic gear. I wear Stoic gear in the gym and on the platform. And only reason why is because it's the best. I've been getting great, great feedback from a ton of fantastic lifters about Stoic's knee sleeves. They're affordable, and they're just high quality. It doesn't get any better than something affordable and high quality, and it could become more affordable if you have that promo code ANGELO10 at checkout. And while you're at it, get their singlet and wrist wraps as well because those two are fantastic. Also, make sure you are getting some notorious lift no-slip drip slippers. I don't know if you guys saw this, which you should. They just 
there are they are dropping some stars and stripes Independence Day slippers. They look fantastic. I love how they look. Really, any American flag thing, you're going to get me hooked on. It's like Apollo Creed kind of thing. Uh, they have a fantastic design coming out, and they keep on dropping really, really great pairs of Notorious Lifts, uh, Notorious Lifts slippers. So remember, sign up for the newsletter, follow them on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on those drops because you just can't go on Notorious Lift and get whatever the hell you want. It doesn't work that way. you got to look out for those drops, and those drops sell out quick because the designs they have definitely are going to match your gym attire, your platform attire, and you are going to want that pair and they are going to sell out quickly i guarantee it so make sure you're on those drops quick and get yourself some no slip drip slippers also make sure you are subscribing on apple Podcasts. leave a five-star rating leave a review we're available on spotify as well follow on spotify so you don't miss the action also we have twowhitelights.com where you can also listen to the podcast and without further ado here it is two white lights And as promised, I got with me Joe Stanek to do yet another Coach Clients Confidential. And this one, probably our biggest one yet, Raw Nationals. Our first Raw Nationals together, officially. You called out my third deadlift at 2019. Yes, and we... you. Still still a little sour that you missed that, to be honest. A little bit, but I think we kind of redeemed ourselves. I think so, too. And uh, in the grand scheme of all of our uh, competitions we've done after that. But it's nice to have you on. I always enjoy these because um, this is kind of how I get my programming for like the next thing that we're doing. And also, it's just good to talk about this. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I've been answering questions all week about my performance at Raw Nationals and... You know, I'm just gonna start telling people to just listen to this podcast. So it's uh, so you know, yeah. they get the full one. Of course, we get the ratings, but two, they just listen to it. And this is actually another good thing because this is what coaches and clients should do. We're just recording it for you guys, so that's it. Like this will be a normal conversation, but this is uh, a lot for you guys on how a coach and client interact. A good coach and client interact. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I, I just came off of doing uh, doing a couple of these like just prior to, to sitting down with you. Like I was talking with uh, Jimmy Villanueva earlier. Um, I already had one with with Shaw. Uh, you know, just a, a lot of a lot of people who I've got to sit down with still over the course of the week. Like that's that's basically post raw nationals is is just doing this with with pretty much everyone. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into this, man. I, I think we've got a lot to discuss. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, so let's so let's first start with prep, of course. Um, so this, I, I think between like, obviously we came off that local meet that we did, um, which was, was an awesome performance and we had a lot of momentum going into this. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that we changed up here, um, I mean, it, it wasn't immediate, but the biggest thing that we changed up over the course of, uh, maybe about halfway through prep was that we made your primary 
uh, or excuse me, not your primary, your, uh, your volume squat day into like an actual comp squat day. Um, and then we moved SSB to kind of our, our middle day. Um, so just kind of going like over the course of the, the lifts that we did, everything else between the last meet that, uh, that we did and this one was relatively the same besides that. Um, we didn't really do like a whole, whole lot of extra stuff as far as the actual like lifts went, uh, we definitely pushed your bench quite hard, um, which we'll get to in a, in a little bit, but I think just for, as far as like the overview goes, um, yeah, that, that was probably the biggest factor as far as like the setup of the program went, um, was just, just that sort of a, a situation. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I, I liked, I liked the setup that we had as far as like the number of days, you know, we, we had an extra day in there just to fit the benching that we were doing. Um, and I, I do think that that was good, but as far as like the overview of the program in general, how did you feel about this one compared to, you know, our, our lead up into that local meet, you know, did it feel, you know, especially being in the gym a little bit more often, did it, did it, do you feel like it, uh, you know, was any better, any worse, just in, in general, looking at the whole program, like, did you feel any like major differences in recovery, things like that? Well, so for when we did uh, right after the Ultimate Warrior, uh, we we jumped into um, six days a week on bench, and also we, we were doing that for the Ultimate Warrior too. But we jumped into that. I remember my accessories were ramped up quite a bit as far as uh, the RPE goes and the mile reps and the drop sets. Uh, really training like a bodybuilder. I think my physique is uh, has definitely improved since that too. I got a lot of compliments this weekend on or last week on uh, my physique. You look and, huge, dude. Yeah, where uh, like Jamar Royster is actually first one. Is like I can't believe how jacked you got. So that was pretty sweet. Um, yeah. And somehow your body weight barely changed. Yeah, yeah. I just looked a little more uh, yeah peeled up a little, a little bit, but uh, yeah. So we got uh, we got a little bit better as far as that. But also I remember my recovery on squat was a little bit affected on that. Like that was where I was most burned out. And I also think that it had an effect on my bench. And I think that was the goal, right? To build that fatigue and then kind of remove it and see if we can get a bit of a rebound. And actually we did on squat because I was dying on squat towards that first block. Uh, I think at the very end of that block, it 633 for a small PR. And like after that day, I felt like I was falling apart. Um, and, uh, I remember my bench the next day was not very good, but, uh, we tape, we kind of removed that. We removed uh, a little bit more of those accessories, went to like a little bit more RP with those accessories in the next block. And I know my squat rebounded big, especially doing that comp squat. And also just a few cues that you were giving me on the squat. I think, uh, I think that was helping a lot, uh, as far as just getting comfortable, um, uh, and uh, my positioning on the bar where, you know, my four, my, what was happening, my forearms were getting super fatigued. Like it seriously felt like I was doing um, like a drop set or like a set to failure on forearm curls whenever I would squat. And it was really, it was like seriously, and that was the only thing that hurt was like my upper back and forearms. My legs were fine. It was just my, it was upper, it was upper body fatigue. So I remember when we removed that, my recovery improved. Uh, bench felt a little bit better. Uh, I know we're going to talk about bench a little bit, but I think, and then, I mean, squat really spoke for itself in that last four weeks where I was, uh, I got 633 pretty quick, uh, as far as working back up to it. Then we ended out with the 650 and, you know, come comp time, we were able to squeeze out a little bit more and potentially with another two and a half, five kilos left on the platform. 
Yeah, I think I think um, you know we'll, we'll obviously go into your performance, but I definitely think that there was there was a little bit more there overall. Uh, I mean, just sort of going lift by lift. I think what's crazy to me, man, is with very minor amounts of accessory work, like nothing crazy. Like I like I'm just looking, you know, over the course of like the 12 weeks out, we did for your we're talking squat here for your squat. We did some dumbbell lunges and a dumbbell split squat, and that was like the extent of our accessory work. All the rest of that was just built off of just purely like squat work. And I mean, admittedly, that's not like the most unnormal thing, you know, but yeah. like you would think with how much your squat blew up over the course of, of this prep, like you would think we would be just hammering you. And, and to be honest, like it really wasn't that much. In fact, I was looking back at our prep for the, the Arnold, um, our first one together, and we were actually doing a little bit more squat volume then which is kind of funny to think about, but I mean, I, I guess that makes sense in context. You know, if you think about it, like you, you mentioned your, your upper body getting beat up a lot, that was kind of my, when I was designing this, this cycle for you, that was kind of my biggest fear, especially with, you know, bench kind of being that lift that needs to be, needs to be caught up. Frankly, is I was worried about your squat affecting your upper body. And I was also worried about it beating you up too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we ended up taking a, a little bit uh, lower, not, not by much, maybe about five, 10% in terms of the overall training volume, a little bit lower training volume than previously. And I mean, dude, it, it worked pretty beautifully. Um, and yeah, like once we, like we, we obviously did a lot of, of upper body accessory volume, um, just to, you know, just an effort to get you more jacked and hope that that transferred over to bench. Um, but once we dropped that, I, I do think that that kind of made a, a large difference and it was pretty linear from there, uh, to be honest. And I really think that like the only reason why that like that last heavy squat was even remotely hard was because you had to do it really early before traveling to Carolina primetime. I feel like that would have been pretty easy because to be honest, like your third squat at the meet was, was really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that peaked beautifully and, and honestly between you and me, I just feel like we should just continue to milk this for as long as we can. Like yeah. there's no, there's no reason to change anything at this point. Like all of your, all of your, your lifts look good. Like we just, we just keep going with it until, until that slows down. Yeah. Um, now in terms of, of the way that we're going to set this up, how did you feel? And this is, this is really the only question I have as far as squatting goes. How did you feel about having the comp squat as like your your uh, volume day versus your SSB day? because you you get you garnered a little bit of a little bit of a reputation as like the ssb guy for a little while there yeah who would have thought we still kind of uh, who would have thought we would have been that uh uh, that reputation uh from from ultimate warrior when we started uh right after midwest primetime till now like yeah i've really gotten a nice little groove with ssb squat i actually like how it's set up now um i think uh that day with the comp squat being my volume day worked really well i felt fresh and also I felt like my form, my form wasn't breaking down as much. So what would happen with that SSB day at Monday would be my best day. But then on a Wednesday with that dead, with that heavy deadlift day right before, um, I think that was having an effect on my comp squat. And I, I think occasionally my technique could have got a little sloppy. And I know that day was primarily just to get you know squat volume in. But I think it was having a bit of an adverse effect just on my squat in general, maybe leading to some bad habits. SSB squat, on the other hand, you know, I it's it, it's something that saves my shoulders. We're really just trying to you put some just put some squat volume on. So that Wednesday being the filler between my uh, my heavy deadlift day and my heavy squat day, I think that worked out really well. And that Monday, like seriously, um, 
those days where I was doing, uh, I don't know, like RPE seven and a half at the most, I think we did seven and a half to eight. I think yeah. we were at, I think we ended up with like five, could have been five thirty five, five forty. That was, that, uh... that 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 set of five was like the best set of five I've ever have done in my life. Like it was so smooth, and that was that was when I was supposed to be at the most fatigued, and I actually felt really good. So I really I really like how we were. Uh, I really like how we were uh, performing at that point. So, yeah, I would have no problems with keeping that. Now, here's one more thing that I, I wanted to discuss, and obviously we can we can go into this with deadlifts as well. I, I would I would kind of argue because this does have to do with deadlifts. I, I would argue, and this was this was again a little bit of my my fear with um, with adjusting those days around. I would almost argue that because your your SSB day sort of limited your um, limited the weight on the bar just a little bit as far as, as what you were doing. Um, I, I was thinking, you know, maybe there would be a little bit of crossover as far as fatigue goes into, um, your comp deadlift day. Did you feel like when we moved comp squat to that, that primary, uh, or primary, I keep saying that to that, uh, that volume day, did you feel like it had an impact on your, on your deadlift at all? Because um, I don't necessarily think there there was as far as performance goes, but I wasn't the one doing the lifts. So what what did you think there? Uh, so that was I guess that was pretty interesting because I thought well because when I would get into the deadlifts, like I would kind of feel fatigue going into the gym, but then mm-hmm. once I started doing my deadlifts, I kind of felt good, you okay. know, uh, where where I was able to lift that weight. But I mean, I guess I didn't start feeling fatigue until like two weeks out or three weeks out, which I think is pretty normal. So I, like, I don't know, like I, you would, I would, but I would probably want a little bit of that fatigue, uh, going into my deadlifts. Right. Because like, that's, that's kind of, that's some comp specific stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, my, so the reason that I asked this and I, and obviously like we're, we're, we'll talk about future plans as well, but I, I think for this, you know, so long as we're able to compete at power surge, my thought was, at least maybe during this first sort of six-week cycle, which for those that haven't listened to the previous ones of this that we've done, generally speaking, I have Angelo on like a, a six-week uh, building wave where we just kind of build linearly, take a deload, and then then sort of reset uh, going for PRs in the last like, you know, one to two weeks, something like that. Um, my thought was, what what if we just experiment with doing SSB on both of those days? Because if we did that, I feel like your your sense of, of form on low bar is good enough now that if if that works out nicely and like let's say we go we go into deadlift into the deadlift day with a little bit less fatigue, I feel like you might have you might have an even stronger prep that way. Mm-hmm. This is just something that I especially because power surge like is kind of like a fun meet that we're doing just you know, just because I feel like this would be the time to experiment with that. Um, and my other thought too was okay, if we're doing two SSB days, maybe that'll affect his upper body a little bit less, and maybe we can get bench to shine that way. Well, I would say though. So here's the thing: I felt more fatigued on my deadlift when we did that SSB on Monday. Okay. You know, because right. I think I think regard because it's more it's more of a high bar type of stance with my mm-hmm. SSB squat. I think that's why I'm good at it. Actually, is because I was a good high bar squatter. So right. that's why I think like with the amount of volume that we had on there. I, I did feel a little bit more fried going into deadlifts that way, and throughout the week it would have an effect uh, up until that Friday where I would squat 
So I think actually with having the comp squad on Monday and the SSB Wednesday, I felt like I recovered pretty well on that Friday to um, to squat heavy again. Okay, cool. As long as long as that's as long as that's the the way that it feels, then cool. We can we can kind of keep doing what we're doing. Um, so that makes sense on that makes sense on your on your squat prep. Now on bench, obviously we already talked a little bit about this. You, you we were hammering you with accessories during sort of the first kind of six week wave up. We dropped those during the last six weeks up. Um, after taking a deload, of course. Now, again, my thought was we get you as, as physically jacked as we can, and hopefully that transfers over to bench. Obviously, it did not quite go that way no. um, because this was the only lift that was kind of that was kind of bad on on the day. It's, spoiler alert for for actually talking about nationals, but I I think that looking at this, looking over you know overlooking everything compared to like some of our more successful um, preps, I, I'm starting to think maybe that it was just maybe a little bit too much, you know, mm-hmm. there's also a risk that kind of comes with doing a high amount of bench, um, in terms of like the number of days where it can be a little bit easier for you to become detrained because your body's just so used to, to benching that often. And I do, I do have to now, mind you, we had a little bit of a, we'll, we'll get into that too. Uh, as we, as we talk a little bit more about the meat, but we had a little bit of a mishap a couple days out, um, with your bench that I think, might have affected like had that not happened i think we might have had a little best case scenario on the meet was was probably just tying your pr now my thought going forward for this next meet is i think we might want to go back to basics on this i think we might want to want to go back to um, a lower frequency one just for better predictability going into the actual meet itself Um, but beyond that i think that you just kind of did better off of like simplistic type stuff um as weird as it might be to call four days a week benching simplistic. Um, I just think like you've, you've got this great base now. You can just, you can see it. Your, your, your body is very, is very much different than when we first started working together. Your upper body looks physically bigger. I think now it's just a matter of balancing out uh, recovery um, and, and actually just allowing you to, to kind of get that way. Now, I also think I also do think we, we stumbled onto something during this prep where that first bench day, that, that, num- like that first volume bench day was always your best day. Mm-hmm. Like even, even, even with some tweaking, like that day always became that way. So what I was thinking for this setup we might do is, is just lean into that and make that first bench day of the week, your, your heaviest bench day regardless. Uh, and then we'll just kind of, you know, let the taper do its thing going into this, into this meet coming up. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully be able to, to match our best there. Now, uh, the other thing, and this is, this is a coach coach to athlete thing. I feel like we need to do a better job benching to a full comp standard in yep. the gym. Um, I, and this isn't just like me singling you out. I feel like every, every single, uh, well, not every single person, but I feel like the, the vast majority of people, um, just don't like at, at nationals were not prepared for the holds and many were not prepared for the press commands. Um, I think you do a, 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 a decent job, um, practicing, uh, the under normal circumstances, at least having a little bit of a pause, but I still don't think that it's to a full comp standard in the gym. And I do think our last couple of heavy ones weren't great as far as, as that, as that press commit was. And then as far as the holds go, and this is on me, I, I, I think that that's something that I should probably be a little bit more of a stickler on. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I need to just drive that home, not only with you, but with a lot of people, because honestly, I feel like it's that hold that kills people, especially, 
rule standpoint, it only needs one side judge to put their hand down to give the start command. But many of the of the national referees wait for both. Yeah. And because of that, because you know, many times they don't they don't put their hands down at the same time. That holds hold ends up being long. And a lot of the times the head judge, you, you, everybody can't see my face, but their heads obviously like it's on a swivel. They look back and forth at both judges before going start. Mm-hmm. So I feel like just a way to to make like not only this prep coming up, but every prep that we do thereafter better is just going to be practicing those long holds, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of my thought there as far as like the setup goes. So less days per week. Uh, and then I actually, other than like one top set, I actually want to move you away from intensity for a little while. The main reason is because I feel like, uh, as the, as the training got a little bit more intense with your bench, I feel like we kind of started to get away from like a good groove on bench press. Um, you know, like it started to be a little bit, a little bit awkward. You know, we had to make a, a couple of like cueing changes at the last minute that I don't think really ever settled. Um, and so I, I think that if we, if we pull you back a little bit in terms of basically kind of mirroring your squat, you know, like other than your top sets, all of your back downs were really easy. Right. I think if we do something similar with your bench to where the back off work is a little bit easier, it just kind of makes you easy. It makes it easier for you to integrate those cues without having to like worry about the weight feeling heavy. I feel like your bench will go a little bit better that way. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, yeah, definitely think, uh, I mean, I think this is the most we have to really focus on because I was watching the re- another recap of uh, someone made a really good highlight of LV 83s. If I just improve my bench by five kilos, it's a totally different competition. Um, exactly. and I have to, like, it was, it was funny when you saw the top five people, it was, you know, me kind of in the thick of things on squat, then just getting my ass kicked on bench, like bad. Right. It was 165. Then I think fourth place was 190. So yeah. it's like, we are giving up a lot of kilos. So I think it's just right now, it's not so much even matching that 170. It's like, we got to improve upon it a uh, big time. And I think with the progress we've had with doing four times a week, um, we, we did make progress from the Arnold to the Arnold to the Midwest primetime, and that was with the four times a week. So I think if we stick there, uh, we should be good. Uh, and I do agree with you. Um, I actually thought, I think this is the first time with us working together that I wasn't being super strict on something. Uh, yeah. I think we might need to, pro- maybe, I mean, I could ask you, maybe program uh, those, those patented two-count pause benches that I seemingly do better on. Than my actual comp bench, which I don't know why. But uh, also, here's something I was thinking about as far as comp holds go. Um, because when I found out, it's uh, I think I would just meet. I might need just a start command, but also at the gym, it's like <laughs> at surge there isn't a lot of USAPL members, so it's USPA members give me a start command, which the start command in USPA is right when you get the unrack, and then right when the spotter leaves. That's it. They don't. It's not a longer one. I was thinking, and this is a Rodrigo Manzo thing, really trying to work on a self handoff. Mm, so okay, just to I mean that's a factor I can't control. You don't get a long start command if you do a self handoff, and really something that if you can master that self handoff, you are you are going to be in a better position. And I. I think, I mean, uh, there's a few lifters who really use it to their advantage very well. Um, occasionally, Noriega does it too, uh, because he doesn't know what kind of handoff he's going to get. I think Bryce right. Lewis does it. Uh, right. Rodrigo Manzo like made an excellent point with this straw. Like, that is something you can completely control. And um, I'm not saying the handoffs are bad in USAPL. They all actually are pretty fantastic, all of them. 
I'm saying more so just me getting that quicker start command. I still have a spot there, but that would at least be appropriate because if I'm relying on a gym spot or something, they don't have to give me a start command. We'll kind of understand where to go. We could actually probably do the same thing we're doing as far as like start commands go. Um, and also, we're still practicing. This is a USPA meet we're doing, so we are going to get a quick start command, uh, at least at that meet. But, you know, I, I am I am definitely still prepping for USAPL-esque meets. Uh, that's where I'm going to be primarily competing. So that's something I, I would, uh, would like to work on. And as far as maybe just some movements go, um, I, think, I think those tempos should stay. I think we've had good success in tempos. And I think... Right now, as far as slowing things down, my bench press is actually being good. Um, like I said to you on a few of our like chats and a few of our comments, like just on my notes there, it's just uh, I, I, uh, I, it feels like the weight is light. I, I don't know what happens to where it's heavy all of a sudden, but when I get it onto my chest, it feels light. I think some of those technique cues that we're working on um, are definitely going to be it's going to be better because we were, we were adjusting on a fly like three weeks out and I yeah, kind of knew that I, most of the time I would never yeah, do. And, and, I, and, I, and I mean, really, but like, uh, like I kind of was thinking to myself, uh, it's like, well, it's either we bench 165 through 170 and match it, but you know, there's no way I'm benching 175. So we gotta, so it's, yeah. so, so it's fine making those technique changes. Just maybe, maybe something clicks and I actually do bench a little bit over 172 or 175 or something but um yeah i think uh i think if we if we uh if we keep those if we keep that in uh as far as you know technique cues go i think it's good and also potentially narrowing my grip a little bit i'm gonna toy with that yeah i was gonna say i want you to i want you to try that a little bit this week because the more the more that so i was before, before like this morning when I was, you know, just hanging out, doing cardio, just preparing for this call, I, I was looking over your bench and I honestly think one of your issues, man, is that you almost bench like you're a close grip bench presser, but you have a wide grip. Mm -hmm. So I think that if we narrow your grip a little bit, I think that that'll help. Cause my thing is, uh, your bench specifically, we seem to have issues where to where your elbow does not want to stay under the bar. And I think that in combination with your touch point and narrowing your grip a little bit, I, I think that that'll help that a little bit. You know, uh, usually anybody who, who has ever heard me talk about bench press publicly or has been my client knows that I'm a big fan of making sure that you keep your elbows, uh, you know, pretty close to under the bar, if not exactly under the bar, because that's usually going to be the most powerful position to press from. And if you can't do that, like we talked about this when we were trying to make technique adjustments, you know, it was almost like your elbow was kind of like dumping behind you. Like the, your, again, people can't really see this, but it's like the weights, you know, almost out in front of your elbow when you're reversing the weight. And that is where your pattern gets tough. It's almost like you develop a weird stick point there. And that's just because your elbow is not under the bar during that time. So I do think that maybe narrowing your grip or playing around with a narrower grip would be something that, that I think would be useful. Um, but I, I also do think it's going to come down to um you know bar position uh, as far as like where the bar is in your hand too mm-hmm. um i think that and, and again i think that having a closer grip will almost force you to do this but this is something else that i i you know cueing wise i i, I want to work on with you i just feel like 
um, one hand versus the other ends up a little bit too far. Like the bar almost ends up too far back in your hand. And that's why you have to compensate by moving your elbow. And that's why the barbell ends up in a weird position. Um, so I, I don't know. That was, that was kind of my thought there or was just, was adjusting those things. Um, I also think that it's something that we maybe emphasized a little bit earlier on in our work together, but maybe, you know, have kind of moved away from that. I think we want to reemphasize during this prep. I want you to think about leg drive as if you're bringing your chest to the bar. I think yeah. that that's something that we, we kind of have gotten away from a little bit and it hasn't, I'm not saying that it hasn't been there, but I almost feel like if you can just think about it, like you're, you know, as you start to press, like you're almost try- kind of using your, your legs to kind of bring your rib cage up towards the bar, it'll maybe shorten the range of motion a little bit and make you feel a little bit stronger on the touch too. Yeah. Um, so the, all of those things together are things I think that we need to work on in combination with the stuff that I talked about as far as programming goes. And I think that that'll be a really good base to, to build from. Now, as far as like, you know, the, the progress levels that we're, we're going to have, I can, honestly, I feel like once all of that clicks, I feel like that's it, man. Because I really do think that a large portion of our issues right now is just technique. I, mm-hmm. I really do think that that's what it comes down to. Because very, very clearly, again, visually, you've got a jacked upper body. And in fact, uh, you know, no, no offense to some of the other 83s. I'm not talking maybe like the top five, but there are some other guys that finished outside of the top five that don't look like they would be benching what they bench. So, yeah. you know, I feel like you've got the, you've got the muscularity for it. Yeah. It's just going to be a matter of, of getting that technique there. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah. I completely agree. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I would, uh, I would trust some of the, I, I mean, I kind of have an idea with what we're going to put in as far as variations go and what we're going to do with bench that um, it's something that I probably never, I probably something I've done before. So uh, yeah, just, yeah, I'm, I'm usually pretty trusty of your bench and really we have nothing to lose uh, as far as bench press, because we just got only stuff to gain here yeah. uh, with it. So yeah. But, and that's, yeah. I think the missing key right now, right? Cause I just look at even, even that five kilo improvement we do from 165 puts me in a totally different position where Gruden has to hit a bigger deadlift in order to beat me, uh, where I could actually be in a position to pull for second because I have mm-hmm. second possible or third possibly wrapped up in my third attempt, which would have been pretty cool. You know, like it would have yeah. been good. And then really to, uh, you know, try to push, um, for that second spot, but yeah, you know, and that's, uh, that's something we're going to have to improve on. I think you have to, I think uh, I have no business saying I have, I'm a future national champion without a close to 400 pound bench. Like that's something oh, yeah. that has to happen. Like I can't, I can't talk, I can't talk anything until I actually have that because uh, yeah. I know what Russ and Delaney do, and you know Sean Noriega isn't going anywhere. So yeah, uh, you know he's got he's got the biggest bench. So uh, yeah, I yeah I um yeah I, yeah, I I'm curious to see what you uh, what you draw up on that. Yeah, I, I I've already like the ideas are they they were already they were immediately after you missing your third bench like that was um, immediately my brain was just like okay we need to do this this and this yeah. um, but like just to just to give you an idea like if we we hit the exact same numbers on squat and deadlift but we benched like 182 you'd be looking at like an 825.5 total right there mm-hmm. um, which which would have been like just just short of 10x body weight like I, I really think we have the most room to improve there um, now just briefly before we go into the actual like meat itself you know just for a little recap there um, your your deadlift I think um, 
towards the beginning of of prep for nationals i think we had a lot of momentum on deadlift um we hit what what, what did we end up hitting we hit 347 at like an an eight and a half rpe Mm -hmm. uh at the at the end of that first cycle um and things things were going really well over the course of that time we also i think you repped out what like 280 yeah 280 for a set of eight there which is again really really freaking solid um and then as we got to the end there we, I think, I think deadlift was a little bit more of a struggle. Yeah. Um, obviously on our last like heavy deadlift day, we made the choice to kind of not go as heavy, which I think was a good move in the day. I think that it made the peaking process a little bit better, but the thing that I wanted to, to comment on there, I think is that I think we need to keep your, I think we need to keep your back downs a little bit more submaximal over the course of this next prep, because I, I do think as far as like stuff that changed, uh, I think your back downs on that primary deadlift day got a little bit tougher than, than we would have liked. And I think the, uh, I think the rep day also ended up getting a little bit, a little bit too tough towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that day, technically speaking, uh, is, is meant to be like your, you know, your light day. It's, it's, it's just kind of the whole reason, you know, people ask me, ask me about your programming a lot. Um, you know, they ask why I give you high rep deadlifts specifically, because it's not like you have like the world's shortest range of motion. The reason that, that I give that to you specifically is I, I, I think that it's a good way to get a reasonable amount of training volume in without you, you know, absolutely you know, taxing yourself using super heavy weights, but it, it did end up getting a little bit heavier. Now the thought there, like it, it, that wasn't like completely unintentional. The thought was, okay, maybe if I overreach him for a couple weeks and we really pull back, we really taper him, you know, we could have a really solid effect. And I, I think that you, you had the potential to pull more than what you did uh, for your third uh, outside of, you know, extenuating circumstances, which we'll talk about when we go into the details of the meet. But um, I, I think that that was there. But I think I think going forward, I think we need to be a little bit more submaximal with those with those back offs. Um, and I also think that uh, we need to continue to emphasize that cue about keeping your hips high, because I do think there were a few sessions there where your hips got a little bit too low. Um, if I look back at your your 347 that you hit, you were really good about making sure that your, your knees were only just over the bar and that your hips were higher. And that's always when your pool looks the best. Like mm-hmm. if we look at your, your last pool from uh, nationals, you did that really well. And if we look at your last pool from uh, the ultimate warrior meet, you did that really well as well. You know, it, it looked like you could have pulled anything on, on, on those days. Um, so I think, I think continuing to make sure that you don't sink your hips too low is going to be important. Uh, it's also going to be interesting, you know, doing that on the deadlift bar. We already talked about this we're actually we actually are going to be doing high rep deadlifts on on our primary day this time because your distance traveled as far as the the reps is going to be so much shorter um so we're going to be doing that there uh as far as like the other deadlift day though i was thinking we might continue to do high rep deadlifts on that day but that's something that i wanted to ask you about so what do you think yeah i would like that i mean i really like the high rep deadlift day uh being you know implemented on the program but i was also thinking um how how you feeling about pause deadlifts? I love pause deadlifts. We've used them in the past, and and I, I like them. That was actually something that I was going to ask about, just kind of compared to what we've done um, previously. Again, I was looking back at that program from the Arnold, um, and we could definitely we could definitely get something out of it. I think that would be at least worth giving a shot again, especially considering the deadlift bar that'll kind of teach you to control the whip properly because you can't do a pause deadlift on a deadlift bar without having good control over the whip. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, because I, I was thinking, as, and especially with, because uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, because you have a better sense of um, yeah, mechanics than I do. But on deadlifts, with some of my issues of starting my hips too low, I think mm-hmm. a pause deadlift will kind of get me into that good hip position, which 
I know what I have to do on deadlifts. Like, I think we've queued it up so many times, and we're, like, almost close to really – because I think we, we fell into, like, uh, the picking weight forward. We kind of niched that a little bit, uh, Get you know, kind of keep my feet settled. I think we got that down, uh, you know, kind of just not speeding my deadlift up. I think we've uh, we've really focused on the tension part, not the speed part. But um, now I think it's the it's the hip it's the hip height of where I start at. So I think pause deadlifts might actually be, you know, that little, little that a variation that could uh, that could really just harness in maybe some of the bad habits that I was uh, getting into um, yeah. uh, during during this prep and really every prep. It feels like every prep there's always like a deadlift day that. I, there's something wrong and my, and because really with a 700 plus pound deadlift, especially when we're doing it consistently, um, like it could really make that deadlift way more, even though it's, it's like an RP seven, like a 705 pound deadlift. That's an opener, just a little shitty form or just a mess up can really make that deadlift feel like shit. Uh, it can feel like a feather at times, but also feel like, oh God, what was I doing? Like if I bring that in the competition, you know, I'm bombing out that day or something. So, you know, I think, I think that's something to really, uh, be aware of, uh, going into, uh, going into my deadlift programming is, you know, trying to, you know, constantly try to, uh, clean up that, uh, that technique because that's, um, whereas bench, you know, kills me, deadlift is there to save me. So it's always good to have that, and you know the trusty deadlift. The trusty deadlift is why I took third. So the ace card, man, the ace card. Speaking of speaking of which, obviously we can we can go into the the meat now because I think we, I think we have a pretty pretty good idea of what we need to do for your next program. Yeah. So as far as meat day goes, man, um, I think obviously it was it was a great day overall. Um, Starting with squats, uh, and first of all, shout out to uh, my my wonderful assistants for the day, Sean Collins, Jordan Grena, and uh, Edward Hernandez. They uh, absolutely, uh, you know, they they were super helpful during your session because I had five people going at once, which literally never happens. It just so happened because this nationals was weird. You know, I I had five people across two platforms, across two flights, which was nuts. So shout out to them. I would not have been able to, to do what we were doing if, uh, if they had not been there helping y'all warm up and they did beautifully with that. Um, but obviously, so I, I got some, um, I got, I got like a pretty good idea of, of what we were going for on the day when it comes to squats, you, you weighed in light as hell as usual. Um, you know, no, no worries on that. No weight cut as of yet. Um, which by the way, when you finally do need a weight cut, I'm kind of scared. Um, but we get a practice. So, we can I'm use saying, this as a practice opportunity with a 24 oh, yeah. hour. Week. I mean, you granted know, it's not going to be same day type of thing, but just practice a recomp. Are we going to go, are we going to, are we going to go 165 for this meet? <laughs> we can go 175 and help me on Wilkes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point because this is a money, money meet based on Wilkes. Yeah. We might. We might do that's that. That's what I'm saying. We I mean, it's that. just you get toy around with it, practice the recomp, see how I feel. I think this energy energy levels is good, and then um, you know not. And also, I have a pretty good person in my corner in doing this with you. So yeah, I mean, a lot of you, people in the USPA uh, recomp like fucking idiots. So uh, especially with a 24 hour weigh in, um, I think yeah. we can just practice the USAPL stuff, and we'll have a full day to you know recover. So I don't know. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, to get, 
if I like we like we could have I don't even know where I'm gonna you know be at uh, as far as in October, but I don't know like six pounds, drop that a little bit off and see how I feel like just with that with uh with that basic recap and use that as practice and data. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. We'll definitely we'll definitely do that. Get some money, which is, is always good. But yeah, anyway, um, so squats were, were beautiful. Um, I, I feel like we could have taken 300 kilos on the day and, and it would have been would have been just fine. Um, it's funny, you, you and I were talking a little bit over the course of your, your last couple of weeks and you mentioned how like your walkout was the toughest part. I would say seeing you in person, that was definitely like the thing that was the only thing that I was worried about was like just getting the weight out and you stabilizing it because like everything that you did went exactly according to plan. And like, I I think the only reason why I didn't put 300 on the bar was just that like, you know, there's obviously some pressures, you know, that's, that surrounds that number. That's a big milestone. That's still, you know, a very elite number for a lot of 83 kilo lifters. Um, There's only a handful of people that can do that lift. So I I don't know. I, as far as like, you know, picking attempt selection goes, especially just like talking back and forth, you know that's kind of why i lean more towards 297 and i mean you smoked it man it was it was really good uh you kind of it's it's one of my favorite things when a lifter just blows up a a third attempt and they're like you know where was the limit today you know that that sort of a deal um so i it's sort of like uh sort of like candido's talked about in the past where where he's like you know i squatted this with the possibility of, of of squatting x number um so that's that's definitely how i felt like the squat session went and it put us in a really strong position at the end of the day especially after sean missed his second attempt um which you know uh sean if you're listening to this uh best uh wishes on your recovery man i hope the, the hamstrings feel a little better mm-hmm. um but yeah, how did you how did you feel after that third squat? Pretty good. Yeah, I felt great. I actually really, in all honesty, I was super confident during squat. Um, and the warm up room, that's kind of where it started. Um, I was locked in during squat. I was, I you know, I think, um, I think uh, me being relaxed is the best type of me uh, going into a meet. And I definitely felt relaxed in the warm up room. Uh, I was a little bit too relaxed where I almost, I I think uh, Ed had to get me because I was on deck and I didn't know. Cause I wasn't checking anything. Cause that's how kind of out of like, I didn't want to really watch anyone's lifts. I just kind of wanted to do my own thing. Um, I felt super locked in. Um, and you know, at the, the both attempts felt great. I didn't really give you a whole lot of pushback or anything as far as like, cause I do have a habit of saying one of my squats didn't feel as fast or as good. I just kind of like, yeah, you know, put in 297, uh, for my third, uh, no need to try to hit match at 295. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I guess what you said was perfect there. Uh, I, what the walkout is the most, is the most difficult part. As soon as I got it set, I felt good. Um, I think it's something that I still need to work. And it's something I still need to work on. I think with more size and more just consistency with it, it's going to help because this is something I think people don't understand when they talk to me about like numbers I could have hit. Remember what I did at ultimate warrior. And remember what I did now. And actually, let's remember what I did at Midwest Primetime and what I did now. I don't know yet how to handle all this weight. Um, because Midwest Primetime in October 2020, my max was 606 and we opened with 600. Like, we've made an incredible progress. But also, people thinking the limit for me is like, or it's like, oh, you could have got 672. Like, guys, I've never felt anything close to that aside from these last two weeks yeah. like these last two weeks is the only time i felt this heavy a weight 633 
is a was a big jump from 606 was my personal was my last PR. Um, and like from meet to meet, that's a big increase. We're talking about even a bigger increase from Ultimate Warrior, which is which was not that long ago. That was only 13, 14 weeks ago. That was actually a relatively short meet from uh, March to June. So when people are like, man, I don't know why, like that, if you, if you guys are wondering why I'm going to go 305, like people are recommending I do, that is why. It's because I have no idea how that heavyweight feels and how it feels walking out and where I should, you know, how to position on the bar. I have a better idea now. I'm more confident than I was last time, but we're talking about a 12, what was it, a 12 kilo improvement? Yeah. 12 kilo improvement from meet to meet. That's, anytime I can get that on a lift, if I can get a 10 kilo improvement on a lift, that's huge. And we got a 12 kilo improvement on squat. So, you know, I'm very confident with it going forward, but, you know, on meet day, I don't think it was, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think it's wise to jump that number that aggressively, especially because I've, I've never handled it before in my life. And, Really, I mean, again, the first time I was going 640 plus was three weeks ago. Yeah. That was also a PR. Like right. I was hitting PRs, you know. I know I got a message uh, from a person like, "Wait, why are you PRing two weeks out from me or a week out from me? Shouldn't your PR be saved on the platform?" Like, I have no choice but to PR. Yeah. Because I because <laughs> we PR three weeks ago, so now we're. We PR three weeks ago, so now we're here, and I, I, we got to continue to move up. We're not just going to continuously hit the same weight over and over again and save the two ninety seven on the platform. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think there are definitely circumstances where you would maybe want to hold back, but I think in this case, like it, it, you know, the lifts you were hitting were all really good. There was no reason to, to stop. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are there are definitely opportunities where you might want to, to hit big PRs on the platform if they're there. But I think raw nationals is probably not the time for that. You know, like it's best to just hit, hit the numbers that like are reasonable on the day and just go from there. I oh. mean, you're, you're absolutely just, you're, you're there to be the best power lifter. You're not necessarily there to hit PRs on your individual lifts. Like that's not what, that's not what you're there for. There's, there's only one, one time a year where you could say I was on the podium at nationals so and you don't risk that just for the sake of saying oh i hit a squat pr you know like like i mean admittedly you did but you know like i I think a lot of people just don't understand that like they everybody who isn't in your type of position um or in my position as your coach like they're they're always thinking about their lifts from the standpoint of you know i want to hit prs i want to hit prs and i get that you know prs are are fantastic it's it's great it's for the the vast majority of people out there it's it's definitely a very motivating and important thing and i'm not discounting that on anyone but it's just like you know if i had said okay let's go 302 and just send it like there was a chance that you miss and and i mean it's not necessarily that i didn't believe you had the strength for that but it's just like you know what if you just can't settle it, you know, and you just can't get a good brace. There's, there's always, every time that we put, put more kilos on the bar and we're less sure that you have it, there's a, there's more of a chance that you miss. Yeah. And then that, then we're just out at that point. You know, if we had missed, if we missed your third squat, we were out, there was no chance. Yeah. Um, and it's just about making lifts. Now, speaking of misses. So we went into bench press and this is where I think it's, it's probably good that we, we talk about, you know, what happened a couple of days out. So you were at perfect storm and, looking back on the video you had this weird kind of stagger stance on your on your bench 
and you went to hit your your opener and you you tell me that well not only did it like move awfully but you're like oh i'm having this weird hip pain now and this is where like i'm i'm like thinking to myself like of all the things to start experiencing hip pain on you you had to go and have this weird ass bench session yeah <laughs> and so that like obviously that already put that was just like the icing on top of a weird bench prep um so we came out there and yeah we, we definitely missed our last bench but it was only two and a half kilos and admittedly like it didn't put us that far off you know it yeah. was it was a it was definitely the lift that we could afford to to miss some kilos and then honestly for most people that's kind of the lift you can afford to miss a few kilos on yeah um so like on, on the day, cause I, you know, I, I didn't get to get to talk to you about this much on the day, but how, how was the hip in comparison to like so, when it was feeling funky? You know what it was? I, the hip felt, the felt, hip felt fine uh, and glute felt fine on the entire day for the most part. It was just and like when I describe it, I, I, I told Sean Noriega this at, uh, at Perfect Storm. It's like, it's almost like how I would think of a toothache. Does it hurt? Yes. Or does, is it, is it? painful not really am i like i can't do anything but is it there and i feel it yeah is it kind of annoying yeah like it's just like it's not the most painful thing on pain scale one to ten it's like a three um so it's really minimal it's just like fuck it's annoying like it's going to you know maybe you know potentially uh just take me out of a stability position that's just gonna affect my bench i'm like i'm not gonna be hobbling off the platform be like what the f-? like trying to wiggle out like when you get a toothache you're trying to like feel it and your jaws like what the fuck is that and you just yeah. get like your initial set of a cavity before it comes into a root canal like yeah that's how i felt with it so on bench it actually felt fine uh you know what i think it was it was a stupid fucking pad they put a perfect storm which i'm yeah. on a i'm on a brigade at the that gym because everyone was having issues with uh with the bench because they put the the bench saver on it and they have that rubber pad right in the middle. So like Mm -hmm. people couldn't sink into position. So I think that forced me to get like this weird leg drive thing going and like it locked up on me. And I think everyone there was having some issues with the bench. And then once I got up, lo and behold on the ER rack in the warm up room, I actually felt relatively comfortable. Um, I will say, I think, the, uh, what really affected, I, I didn't get as good a leg drive as that day because my feet were slipping just a bit. Um, you could even watch the live stream. You could see my feet slide just a bit on the platform, um, yeah. which, uh, which, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, surge to new levels does have carpet, uh, platform. So I think I might take my bench sessions on that carpet platform a lot, uh, especially with that ghost rack and really try to dial down my technique. Um, on the uh, on the platform that I'm going to be working on, uh, especially when most of the time when you're competing, it's going to be carpet, um, yeah. especially in the USAPL. So there's that. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I was I was disappointed with that miss. Uh, the hip felt fine though. The hip felt fine that day up until which we're about to talk to uh, deadlifts, which it, it kind of just started coming up again. Um, uh, on deads and I mean really we can move on there because I think that really just speak, I mean like uh and also I guess this is just a testament of how my prep goes for most of the time because what you see is what you get from my prep so I constantly said my squats feeling good my bench kind of feels like shit my deadlift feels good and that's how the competition went squat yeah, good nice bench bad deadlift good so yeah. it was eight for nine day our first missed bench press yeah, in our time working together. 
it won't be it won't be a trend though. Don't you worry. Yeah. Um, now that said, I you know I, I think I think for like all of the weird shit that was going just before we move on, I think for all the weird shit that was going on, like we ended up having a, a decent day, especially when like a lot of people had like down bench days. Like yes, there were some people that went three for three, but they came in and benched way less than what everybody was expecting. Yeah. Um, so I, I, if there was definitely a day to have a bad bench day, this was the day for me. Um, now moving on to deadlifts. I, I was really, I mean, obviously I was really pleased with your performance up to that point. And since we knew Sean was out, we could see that he, he had dropped his opener to like, what was it? Like 75, just so that he could register a total. Um, we, we, you know, we knew we were in, it. there was, there was a very, very damn good chance that you were going to be placing top three there. It was just a matter of how uh, Delaney, Russin and Gruden were doing. Um, and we, we came out there and we, we took the American record, uh, on, on the second and it moved fantastically. Um, and I just knew that it was going to be, you know, whatever we needed to get you the best placing possible. And, uh, shout out to Steve, Steve, after he, you know, after like, he was sure that Sean registered his total, he was like, Hey, I'll come over and I'll do some math for you. So you can just kind of focus on hyping Angelo up. And so he, he calculated out all the numbers for me and was just like, this is what you need depending on who makes and misses. Um, and, and in all honesty, like I was, there was a, there was a moment where Steve and I were like going back and forth where after, especially like, uh, you know, after Delaney made, I was like, you know, there's a chance that we could maybe send it and try to get him into second. But my thought, and, and I, I didn't really like, you know, talk this over with you, but my thought with this was he's pulled this number several times at this point and he'll absolutely dunk it. And not only will this get him his first top three finish at nationals, but you know, we're going to have so much momentum going into the next meet. Yeah. Again, it's one of those moments where it's just like, where was the limit today? Mm -hmm. You know? And especially, especially after you had told me that that, that weird hip stuff was kind of there after the second, I was like, you know what there, even though I believe he has the strength to, to maybe challenge for second, let's just dunk third place. Um, And especially after Gruden, missed his pool i was like yeah he's got this this is no issue so we put 345 five in uh which just chipped gruden and that was it man that was all we that was all we needed you came out you you absolutely destroyed that pool um i know you said it felt a little weird but honestly I, I'll, I'll blame that mostly on like the, the hip discovered as well as probably the stress you know you're like i i know you're calm cool and collected on 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 uh, on game day but it, like it, it you know it, in the back of your head you're like you know yeah, there's of a course. little you miss, like, it, you miss it and you just fucked up like that was your, yeah. like you don't want to be the choke artist and that yeah. would have been a choke if I would have missed that. Because, yeah, that was my – it was just shipping my last meet performance, which is a PR, just by yeah. a bit. And, I, you know, and that was a relatively easy lift. Uh, yeah, like, um, so on my second pull, actually, if you look at it, which is something we might want to look – it looked a little uneven. Yeah. My lockout. So I don't know exactly what you would say, like, as far as, like um, – Time pro- for a grip. Yeah. <laughs> as far as, like, far, yeah. Like yeah. As far no, as no, programming no, no, no. goes, like, uh, how to fix that. But, yeah, like, it felt a little uneven. And as I locked out, I felt a pulling on right. my uh, glutes and hip. Again, not painful. Like, people were like, hey, how are you feeling? Like, no, guys, it doesn't hurt. Like, I'm not injured. I'm not Jasmine Penn walking around with a limp because my back seized up. It wasn't anything like that. It was just my hip and glute felt weird. Um, and uh, I was – I look at my deadlift again. I saw it close up again. I think that third call was was actually perfect. I actually think I could have maybe squeezed out two and a half kilos, maybe five that day if I really was up for it. If 
but I think 762 was perfect call on that. And uh, I, I don't think I had any business going 350 plus that day. Uh, I don't know. Like, oh, I don't, no. I don't, I think I it might have like... turned into a tail, uh, running out of talent at a lockout there. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I look at my, fa- I, I see my face on 762, and I could tell I was crying really hard to lock that one out. So I think, I think part of it was because you were, you, admittedly like if you you go back and watch that pool you were at your thighs and your shoulders were back enough that i think if you would have stopped right there you you would have gotten a down command i I still think you would have gotten lights but i think maybe you were because you were kind of there you were kind of trying to lean back a little bit more just to make it a bit more convincing and i think that's where the struggle came from i don't necessarily think it was just like a strength thing yeah I, i don't know obviously like i wasn't the one doing the lift but like watching it from especially from behind, that's kind of what it looked like to me, and that's the only reason that I think if we needed three fifty plus, I think that we could have gone there. Um, but I think I I, I mean I, I'm with you. Obviously, like we you know at the end of the day we we dunked it, and I, and again this is to me this is why I think we need to make sure that that hip height thing is something that we emphasize in your technique going forward, um, because I do think that we maybe got just a little bit low in position and I think you got pulled forward and that was why that one might've been a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it, those two things go hand in hand. You getting pulled forward happens when you get too low because your knees come too far over the barbell and then your weight gets shifted forward. Yeah. All as that, a result of that. Yeah. And, all, and also that, yeah, that's a good point too. I mean like, you know, the tech, the room for error on a, that, that big of a deadlift is very slim. That's what I try to tell people, but also what I think is happening now with maybe my deadlift, which is actually a good thing, because that's all right. I I I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't fucking care about the all-time deadlift world record. I just don't. I do not care about it anymore. I want to win nationals. I want to be the best total lifter. Delaney didn't break one goddamn record, and he beat me. So that's what I think about records. I don't care about them anymore. I if I if I have the American record, cool. If I have the world record, fantastic. You know, it'll look good maybe in my Instagram bio. I want to win nationals. I know it's going to come at a big pull. But I think what's happening is maybe that squat, because it's actually good now, is having just a little bit more fatigue on my the rest of the lifts. And I think that's what happens with Russ, in all honesty. I think with the 700-pound squat, you know, 738 did not move for him. He didn't get to pass his knee. And then in comp or in prep, he fucking blew up 750. So like it's, it's something, it is a variable that you have to, you have to play with and it has to be there. But, uh, I think that's having an effect on it too. Um, but, uh, and if I was locked in on squats, I was so goddamn locked in on deadlifts. I didn't watch one deadlift the entire day. I didn't know Russ missed 738. Dude, you were, you were, when you were, you were sitting there, you're like, you're just kind of like looking ahead the whole time. And I never see you doing that. Like yeah. you're pretty, you're pretty like nonchalant. Like, like in the back when, when, when we were worn out for squats, you're like singing along to your music, whatever you are in, 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 obviously people can't see me doing this, but you're like, you're like staring dead ahead. Just like, so fo- the most focused I've ever seen you. Yeah. I so, was, I was deadlocked and I seriously through everything. I didn't know what anyone hit. Um, I didn't know Russ, he, Russ went before me. I didn't know he missed 738. I thought he hit it. I thought he got him like, oh shit, good day, Russ. Because he, I mean, I just didn't know. I didn't see. I didn't care either, obviously, because Russ beat me convincingly no matter what. But, like, when I pulled it, 
I, I, this is what I do remember. I remember giving you a hug, whispering something in your ear, which we could maybe share later, but also thinking like, wait, who the fuck did I beat for third? Because I had no idea. I thought it was Jamar. I'm like, was it Jamar, Delaney, or Deuce? And then you're like, it was Deuce. So I was like, oh, really? Holy shit. I'm like, I didn't know. And then, like, it came to afterwards, too. It was even after I went to go celebrate, you know, have, had myself a beer and uh, pina colada. I came back, and Joey was like, so what would you have do- done if Deuce hit his uh, third deadlift? I was like, Deuce didn't hit his third deadlift? just didn't know any of these things. I'm like, I had no idea that Deuce missed his third deadlift. I thought I beat him when he, when he hit his third deadlift. And right. I had conversations with them. Like, as <laughs> I just didn't know. Like, I didn't know anything that happened throughout the day. I didn't know who hit lifts, who didn't hit lifts. Um, I was locked in on that deadlift. But, uh, yeah, I think with the variables that were coming to play with my, again, like just a little pulling sensation on my glute there. It does affect strength just a bit. My stability, my balance, my lockout, it does affect it. Um, it was the right call. I'm happy that you made it. I'm content with third. Um, like I said to a few people at Surge yesterday, um, my first day back in the gym, you know, it wore it wears off pretty quick because it's the same situation with the Arnold, same situation Ultimate Warrior. Hit a milestone, hit our milestone really. Because the milestone at the beginning of the year was 2021, total 800, podium at Raw Nationals. We got two of those done. I think the next one is to jump into a very difficult meet to win. Untested, wrapped meet, where I'm competing Raw. Um, and, and you know, try to podium at that meet. Uh, that's that's the other goal that we're going to set for ourselves. But uh, it, wear, it wears off quick, you know, because I'm like, you know, that was our goal. We hit it, but... Same thing as the Arnold, same thing as Ultimate Warrior. There's still people better than me. And, you know, the goal, the end goal for both of us is to be a national champion, to be the best in the world at some point. And we aren't there yet, but uh, we are a little closer. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's like... I don't know. Like, one thing thing that's very satisfying to me and... uh, you know, obviously this is, this is no disrespect to Joey or anything like that, but there was, there was a Twitch stream Joey that, that Joey was, was doing. And, and I remember him saying something about you being only a deadlift specialist. Yeah. So from, which, from my standpoint, as a coach, it was true at that point. It was, but from my standpoint as a coach, I would say we've moved away from that. My yeah, friend, I You're think, not just uh, a deadlift specialist. Yeah. Anymore. I think we're one of the top 83s right now. Uh, definitely within the, I still think top five. I don't think I'm going to say I'm, yeah, I'm definitely top three when Noriega still exists. Like right. I think people, this is kind of the recency bias and powerlifting that gets on my nerves because people are going to talk like Noriega doesn't exist until he like competes. Until in he posts o- another crazy until he co- yeah, co- which he co- will. Yeah. It competes in October and kills it. Then I'm all of a sudden on the periphery, which is fine. Like we hit our podium goal and then we're going to get to a point where we're going to try to be, but not be competing for third anymore. Compete yeah. with Russ, compete with Sean, compete with Delaney and be, in the be conversation. yeah. And be better than them because, um, you know, like going back to 2019, Raw nationals, uh, finishing 12th, Watching primetime set and make it, um, and now being in a podium position, uh, improving, having the last deadlift of the day, you know, uh, that was the progress that we made from that nationals to this nationals. So, you know, I think the only step now is we, we got to get, we got to get better than uh, third place. We got to get better, um, 
we got to get better uh, to an extent where we are being in the Sean Noriega position, where we're knocking at the door at the next meet. Where yeah. we are, we if I say uh, I want to be the national champion, it's not bullshit. It's right. actual reality for our next meet uh, or for our next nationals. And we still got to put in the work, but uh, we are closer today than we were yesterday. That's for sure. Yeah, no, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be that guy that's like we're gonna fucking beat Russ tomorrow. No, we uh, we understand that our competition is working just as hard as us, and that like you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a challenge. But like I I genuinely believe that we that you have the work ethic uh, and ability to to be in that conversation, man. So we're gonna do our damnedest, and we're gonna we're gonna get you there. That's that's. You know, my, my promise to you and the rest of the powerlifting world is that we're going to, to put you in the best position to, to, you know, to challenge for that stuff. Again, obviously, that's that's not like discounting any of the other guys who are who are have who placed ahead of you or are still in that conversation. They're going to be working just as hard. We know that. But, you know, all we can do is just work as hard as possible and see where the chips fall on it, because at the end of the day, powerlifting meets aren't just about being the strongest it's also about being the best powerlifter the one who yeah. executes well that's yeah that's another thing i want to talk about also that was my first experience in like the raw the, this, this actual raw nationals experience because uh, like right. i said in 2019 um you know I, I wasn't in prime time there's been there's been little tests you know how you get those pre-tests before the big tests at school we had our pre-test uh the arnold was my first experience of getting numbers called out but really i wasn't thinking about it at all i didn't care uh, at during the Arnold, I just wanted to total something good uh, and make a big improvement on my total and break the all-time deadlift world record. That that was the goal at that meet. Um, where you know we kind of we we discussed it a little bit as far as like the the strategy goes, but you know it, it wasn't uh, as extreme. Then Midwest Prime Time was the other pretest. I'd say a little bit more extreme than the Arnold, yeah. where we were trying to put together the best total to win on my eighth attempt. And then, you know, go for whatever we need to go for, for the third, for just for, for fun. So that was the second pretest. Um, this one was the test. This was the full experience. It was an honor and a privilege being in the warm-up room with being, being in the warm-up area and the dugout with all the guys that I watched on primetime and then some. Because it wasn't just, you know, the 83s. You know, I was with, you know, Atwood is right next to me. I was warming up with Austin Perkins and Ricky Cho. Um, I, you know, platform in front of me was, you know, platform to the left of me was Noriega, uh, David Sheldon, David Chan. You know, right in front was Jamar and Russ. Like, it was, it was a serious experience. And also with um, your assistance with the game day crew, man, they were such a big help. And like, you know, machine, man. Huh? They were a machine. Yeah. Like, just putting putting all the warm-ups on and everything, it was crazy. Yeah, they did. I actually think, as far as assistants go, they did the best job because they were attentive to me. Um, I felt fully confident with them being right by me as far as, like, the attempts, uh, getting uh, getting things in on time, and also just hitting my attempts and making sure they, they had me prepped, man. I, I, I love those guys now because of what they did. But that was the first experience I had with that super competitive environment, and this is what I'm trying to tell people, like, you know, 800 at Ultimate Warrior, looking back on it, was super easy. Like, it, like compared, like, I didn't think about it at the time. Like, I still got an execute. But it was super easy compared to this. Like, 
you know, knowing that we have to hit 297, knowing that we have to go three for three, and then not getting that little extra two and a half to five kilos on my squat, keeping it conservative, and then seeing what we need to do to to pull in the lead. That was like the first case of actual USAPL Raw Nationals that I ever experienced. And, um, you know, and, you know, kind of with the competition aspect, you know, we got a, we got a moral victory in the end. We stopped the flex platform. So we did. We, did. <laughs> we, we were, <laughs> the, we were Bel- the... the Belichick meme from, from freaking uh, John Hack himself was amazing. Yeah. Like we, I didn't realize, again, didn't realize it at the time. Didn't realize it till John Hack made the meme. Cause I just get a notification on my phone that uh Bilbo Swaggins tagged you in something like, what could he possibly be tagging me in? Uh, Cause I'm like, I know he can't be impressed with any of my lists because he's John fucking Hack. And he's like, <laughs> and he just, you know, he breathes this weight. But, uh, I was looking, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Gruden is a is a flex lifter as well, and um, I obviously know about Delaney and Russ. I just did, I didn't put two and two together. So, you know, that's a moral victory because I did say to flex himself. My goal, my entire powerlifting career when I went to USAPL is be on something that's better than his, uh, and eventually get. And you know, I mean. It's a moral victory. It's not a victory victory. There's, there were still two flex guys ahead of me, but um, it was it was a nice little moral victory. And I'm I'm you know I'm about to interview him in a little bit. I might uh I hopefully that gets brought up in conversation. Yeah, I mean, and, and and obviously like it's 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 all good between like uh you know us us and flex Joey Joey and I were having some good conversations in the back and um. Honestly, like I, uh, I'm, I'm just excited for uh, the competition that comes comes forward with you know you and you and the the rest of those guys. I think it's going to be it's going to be fun to see everybody push each other. And again, it's just nice to have you in the conversation. Uh, you know, like I, I obviously I'm biased here, but I, I do believe you're a fantastic lifter that that deserves that kind of, of recognition. Uh, and it's it's nice to see that your performance reflected that. And and again, no, obviously no disrespect to to any any of the the guys like they all did fantastically. Um, and you know, like had, um, which we'll call it had, had deuce like made his third pool. We might've had to put a little bit more on the bar and it yeah. would have probably been a little bit more challenging, you know, but, uh, that said, I, uh, I think that this is, this is just the first step towards, towards working towards that ultimate goal. Um, and it's, it's obviously not going to be an easy one, but we're going to do our dampest to achieve it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm excited. I'm whenever we have these cats, I get more excited to, uh, to get in the gym and uh, train, and uh, I had to get a little bit early permission to uh, to train yesterday because I just couldn't. You did. I had to train, and I feel good today, though. I like I didn't do anything stupid, and I think on my days of actually, I think I've only done it once, something stupid. Yeah, and it was pretty you minimal. Stopped, you stopped as far early. As, yeah, if, uh, and I think it was minimal in stupidity. Yeah, I think but I pulled like seven sixteen, and that was it. Yeah, and they were like, this is stupid, and you didn't even go up after that. Yeah, I'm like, why am I even doing that? I don't even feel like I want to do it, so I didn't, and yeah, I don't think, uh, actually, my, my excitement is, my excitement is just getting my program now. It's like more than doing a YOLO lift. I get more excited to get my program for like an SSB squat that's RP5 than getting like an RPE9 deadlift randomly. Uh, that's, that's now my, my motivation to get into the gym. So pretty excited to start. We have a, a very interesting path coming up with yeah, yeah. a USPA power meet power surge, a very, cause I think people are assuming that it's a USPA meet and it's very similar to like the, uh, Hoosier cup 
where it's like drug tested lifters and it's mostly raw. It's it's all raw lifters. Nope, nope. It is a full on whatever you think a USPA meet is. This is what this is, and there's some like USPA guys there, like Daniel Masenchik, Charlie Binkley, Tom Callis. <laughs> like we got some U- USPA dudes there, um, and there's gonna be uh, me. In the middle, there's <laughs> gonna be me in the middle. Uh, I I'm I'm looking. Me and Michael Cole Di Pietro are looking to represent the uh, USAPL uh, Natty Elitist um, there and uh, try try to try to uh, mess up the podium a little bit there. So, could, could you imagine if we we came in there and actually managed to win the whole damn thing? How funny that that would be! It would be so ridiculous. Like it would be. I mean, just again, like if you it's. It's a, I mean, it's a comparative thing. Like, if you look at the lifters who are there, like, the, actually, you know what? The funny thing is, just looking at the pictures from last year, looking at Charlie Binkley, who is so jacked, so jacked. He's, he's, a, he was, I, I always go back. I met Charlie Binkley, like, four years ago when I started powerlifting, and I thought he was, like, an IFBB powerlifter, bodybuilder. He was so ridiculously put together, it was insane. Daniel Masenchik is bigger than he looks on Instagram, which is saying something because he's massive on Instagram. And then at the tail end of it was Michael Cole DiPietro, the stringy 74 kilo lifter uh, who just competed at a USAPL meet a week later. And seeing the pictures of that was so funny. Like, one of the who the fuck photoshopped Mike in this picture with Charlie Binkley and Daniel Masenchik, but I'm hoping that's me this year being like the. Me and actually him, me and him, we're uh, we're we're trying to combine our Italian powers to uh, have a nice little podium there. But it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun to do. And also, I think uh, as a, an ambassador, a powerlifter now with two white lights being all for powerlifting, not just for the federation I compete in. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's good to just spread the love and actually compete with different federations because you know at the end of the day, powerlifting is. Uh, I love powerlifting no matter what federation it is, and mm-hmm. um, it's just going to be fun to compete in another federation that I've never competed in before. Yeah, it'll be a blast, man, and I'm with you. Like, I'm all for, like, let, let's let's promote the sport in every way that we can. I, I think that this is this will be a really fun experience. Um, also, you know, I've, I've got uh, my, my boy who saw him as well competing, so yeah. it'll be cool to come up there and, and handle y'all. There's going to be um, a friendly competition between him and I as well because I got to, you know – like his his first meet, he his dot score was pretty up there. I think it was like he's in the top twelve in in one in in two forty twos already. Yeah, his first meet. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah somehow. Yeah, <laughs> which is nuts. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be. I mean, just for him, he he might be the breakout performer of that meet. So uh, we'll see. It's gonna be fun. Um, and then you know, I'm I'm really looking forward. I, I'm getting. Because I, I keep on thinking, like, okay, Nationals, Arnold. Because that's what it was last time. And I got to still, like, keep it in because Arnold is all the way in March. So, yeah. yeah um, I mean, we'll, we're technically not in the offseason just yet. But, like, we'll have a we'll have a pretty reasonable offseason um, once once Power Surge is done. So long as you can as – lo- as long as you can, like, um, you know, do that and still do the Arnold as well, which I know is – obviously we're having this conversation, but it's still – that's still kind of – Yeah, it, I, do, I do have to check. Yeah, I do have to check. Check that in with uh, maybe if someone's listening from the USAPL. I know I've I already reached out to some uh, executive or I reached out to Arian Kamesi about it. But yeah, I if anyone wants if any USAPL executive board member is listening, which 
at the national board meeting, I was bought up uh, during some of the things with the IPF. So the executive board Ooh. members do, in fact, listen. Josh Bohr, too. Actually, Josh Bohr, I might message him, too, as far as that, uh, to make sure I get, you know, just proper clarification on this. Um, that I'm able to compete. Uh, that will be that that's going to be some helpful information for sure. But yeah, man, um, obviously I think that that concludes our conversation. I know you've got uh, an interview with Mr. Flex here in a couple minutes. So yeah. say hi to Joey for me. I will. And but, uh, also, also really quick before we're done, because, uh, I, I'm, I'm able to push this back a little bit with flex, um, game day barbell, man. Yeah. I was, so this is something that, I mean, I think this would have been the same thing with TSA, but mm-hmm. I don't know exactly because there's three separate coaches and really a lot of times I associated myself just with you. Um, right. I still said I was, you know, I, I supported TSA and all the athletes, but I always associated myself with getting coaching from you. Mm-hmm. Um, the game day, the game day barbell crew and the five competitors you had, that was another experience in powerlifting that I didn't get just yet. And it was awesome. Just seeing, like it is, it is real. Like that is real for the team aspect because I always, I love what Flex does with like getting the matching comp tees, and then he had the he had the names on the shirts. I like yeah. that. I love team stuff. I love it. We're gonna steal that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, 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 imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So uh, yeah, you must do that. But also like same thing, seeing the team Nori boys, seeing the Flex guys, seeing us. And that was it was cool to see yours because it was so new, but also it, it like it was so new, but also kind of already established. Like the comp team was there, it was already professional, and then you had five lifters within that session alone. So yeah. and you had a national champion in there with Shahid. Um, yeah, really it was, cool. Dude, it felt, if I, I actually missed out on the uh, I wanted to get a picture with everyone. I wanted to get a picture with all of us wearing the comp tees and piss tests too, and Piss tests and you having to, you know, uh, to handle Denise. To, yeah, yeah. to get Denise in there too. Obviously wasn't able to do that. Cause I would like Denise in the picture too, because that was the, that was the, uh, the nationals crew there. And it was, it was just cool, man. I, I'm actually excited to see the more developments on that because like, it would be, it would be cool to be part of that. And, uh, and then right, yeah. try to rival flex as far as that team goes. So. Well, I mean, we we have we have quite a few like really strong people. Um, I'm perfectly fine with giving two white lights the exclusive. I'm now coaching Austin Perkins. I was keeping that in for a little bit. I actually at Surge, I was I was not telling people because I yeah. did not know if that was uh, clarified. But yeah, uh, um, I was excited when he told me that. I'm like, all right, you just got you know possibly the heir apparent of Taylor Atwood, the best young lifter in the game. We're, we're going to be climbing literally the highest mountain in powerlifting and trying to take down the greatest yeah. powerlifter of all time. We just, so we'll well, the, recap guy, the recap episode that we just posted, we we talked about Taylor Atwood like for a solid 15 minutes, just him alone, of like how, the, how him being compared to Tom Brady is now an insult because... He ha- doesn't he have more wins? Well, not even more wins. He's, he's Michael Jordan. Taylor yeah. Atwood is Michael Jordan. Basically. Michael Jordan, his last year, was the best player in basketball. Tom Brady is not the best player in football. He's yeah. he's I, I I'm he's one of the best, uh, but I wouldn't put him at like the very top. Taylor Atwood is the best powerlifter in powerlifting. 
Hmm. Does that mean we're getting like Taylor Atwood singlets? Is that like the that like the equivalent of Jays? In <laughs> if he wants to market himself that way, I think that's the only thing he's missing is this he doesn't market himself like Russ, but he's a guy who doesn't have a profession that is powerlifting. His profession yeah, is completely separated from powerlifting, so he doesn't even need to do that. But yeah, we are talking about the greatest powerlifter potentially of all time, and he's transcended that. But yeah, that's 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 your task. Uh, oh, yeah. Get get Somehow. Perkins better than that. <laughs> Somehow, but yeah, I I'm I dude. As far as as far as game day goes, I'm I, I'm very pleased. I actually I, I forget if I posted or not. I, I I put up a little recap post um, either just now or I will as soon as we get off this episode. But I think for like the position that I'm basically we have the gym coming here very soon. If anybody's in the Austin area that wants a fantastic gym to train at, you're going to have the literal world-class facility with a Lyco equipment or sponsored by a Lyco. Um, but just having that team aspect is something that like I it's to me is something that I really want to foster because I, I agree. I think that Joey does that very, very well. I think Sean does that very well with all, with yeah, his crew. Of people. I feel, um, yeah, that's a, it's a cool thing. I think we're no, we, we're evolving to that. Um, I think, you know, and TSA, and TSA has had that as well. Um, sure. And so the same thing with DeNovo. And I yeah. think the strength guys are kind of, you know, getting into that position too. They got the big, they got the big juggernaut with Atwood, but it's, you know, and then it's all kind of the, the rest in there. But hopefully, I mean, really, I just hope everyone can build that. I yeah. really want to see, like, as far as individuals go, but also, like, there be a serious fight with coaches, uh, coaching teams and team you know, things. I, yeah. I think that's the next evolution of sport where it can actually be really fun. Yeah. Technically, technically speaking, I'll, I'll say this as well. Um, cause this, I, I don't know how exclusive this is cause we're going to be announcing it later this week, but technically speaking, game day had two national champions because Matt Holden, who coaches Daniel Clements is on my staff as well. So we're sending the lightweight boys to worlds. All right. Fantastic. And I, and I figured that was going to be the case. Um, with that yeah. so I'm, and I'm very curious to see the coaching staff as well um yeah. and I'm, I'm very excited for that too so yeah, yeah. that's a that's a good place to end there a little bit of future talk with the both of us uh you know coming kind of you know full circle first nationals i hired you immediately uh after uh you call my deadlift and you know we're here now talking about you know your own team so that's cool. now what a crazy crazy year it's been man yeah but yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you you don't want to keep Mr. Flex waiting too long, so I'll uh, I'll say sayonara for now. All but right. uh, it was it was awesome sitting down as usual, man. And uh, I cannot wait for what this next 365 days has for us in power. Well, technically more because if they go back to the normal national schedule, but yeah. you know the the next the next cycle of of our our work together as coach and athlete, I can't wait for it. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited for that. Excited for what uh, is in store for us this prep. I'm excited to get my program. I'm always excited okay. for that. It's like Christmas Day is getting my program. So I'll oh, let yeah, you work on that. And uh, I'm probably going to talk to Flex for like five hours. So uh, I'll, I'll probably be in the gym at like 9 o'clock tonight. So because <laughs> <laughs> okay. right, uh, sure you're on Pacific time. Day. He's on Pacific time. So you, you both are on Pacific time. So I'm in Central time. So all right. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Peace, man. Later, man.